Yet again, the Phillies spot the other team the first game of a series and then come back to take two of three as the Phillies get it done in the World Series rematch, the 1980 World Series rematch in Kansas City after a clunker on Friday night, a 5-1 loss. The Phillies come right back and pound the Royals 7 nothing, and then 6 to one the next two, sitting now at 23 and 16 on the season. This is Phillies today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Monday, May the 13th, and we come off another successful weekend of Phillies baseball. The Phillies head out to the Midwest for six games. They come back four and two after winning two of three in St. Louis Monday through Wednesday. And spotting the cards the first game of the series with a lifeless flat effort. The Phillies do the exact same thing in Kansas City over the weekend. They spot the Royals the first game and then come back and make it happen with just a really nice weekend of baseball. Ultimately, again, the Phillies at 23-16 and 16 in the NL East. A comfortable lead atop the division. The plus 39 run differential also easily... The best mark in the division. They have a seven-game homestand coming up, seven straight games at home. The Phillies in the midst, three days into a streak of 17 straight days with a baseball game. So it was important to come out of the weekend winning two of three. Obviously, you want to sweep a team as bad as the Royals, but you will take two or three. All you got to do is keep winning two or three. So let's dive into it. Let's start it out with the disappointment that was Friday's performance as the Phillies fall 5-1. to one. To the Royals, it just seems like the first games of series, especially on the road, the Phillies just don't seem to show up with the same type of effort that we see in other contests as they just get boat raced in that first game, unable to get anything going against Homer Bailey of all people. Homer Bailey, not a good pitcher yet. He looked like one on Friday night against the Phillies. The Phillies only get four hits all game. Yes, you heard me right. Only four hits the entire game. Bryce Harper goes one for one with three rocks, scores the only run of the game with the Phillies. But really, otherwise, no one able to get really anything going offensively. The Phillies fall handily. Arietta, uh, his worst outing in the season, five innings, four earned runs, seven hits and three walks. He allowed 10 base runners, uh, or 10 hits plus walks, three homers. So not quite 10 base runners, but... Um, just a really poor outing from Marietta. The bullpen did a nice job after other than Neris allowing an unearned run in the ninth, but otherwise, or in the eighth, excuse me, but otherwise, Arietta just a, uh, not a great outing. He didn't have his best stuff. The Royals were able to take advantage. I said it before the weekend, the Royals run, don't they? It was wild to see a team that steals as many bases as the Royals. It was working for them Friday, less so Saturday and Sunday, but ultimately, just a, uh, a forgettable performance from your Philadelphia Phillies in this one. Uh, uh, not unexpectedly, as we have said, they they seem to, for some reason, just not show up for the first game of series on the road, and that was certainly the case, a lifeless effort on Friday. But as has been their pattern, they found a way to, to bounce right back on Saturday, a dominant 7 to nothing victory. It was over from the jump, the Phillies put up three runs in the third inning. Reese Hoskins RBI single scores a couple, then Gene Segura scored on a pass ball. As not a great inning for Martin Maldonado there, usually a good defensive catcher. Brad Keller had something to do with it too. He was unable to put anything where it was supposed to be, but Maldonado missed a couple there too. Phillies would tack on another in the fourth, another in the 
fifth, sixth, and ninth. No homers for the Phillies all weekend. Uh, they got all their runs uh, by manufacturing them, and the Phillies get seven. And really the story of Saturday's game, uh, it was a nice offensive showing, as we said. Uh, Odubo Rare gets a couple of hits Saturday and Sunday. was nice to see the only player with two hits, but they do get nine hits, uh, much better than the four from the night before. But really the story, Zach, Mr. Zach Eflin, I should say. Eflin, his second complete game of the season, in case you're wondering, yes, the major league leader in complete games this season. One, Mr. Zachary Eflin. How about it? Eflin's two complete games lead the major leagues so far this season. Nine shutout innings for Eflin. Four hits allowed. Does not walk a soul. Seven strikeouts. Just a absolutely dominant outing from Eflin. There were only a couple spots where he even got into a jam, and he was able to get himself out. Bases loaded in the fourth, able to get a ground out to end it. Otherwise, really just in control. In control from start to finish. And, man, Zach Eflin, huh? I mean, can we talk about Zach Eflin has gone from this team's, uh, you know, is he uh, good enough to be your four-starter or five-starter to being a a, a three-starter for this team pretty handily? And, and it certainly has pitched better than anyone else on the roster other than maybe Jared Eikhoff in a smaller sample size. So Eflin, just um, another Outstanding showing from him. Just uh, had the Royals off balance all game. Was dotting his fastball wherever he wanted to put it and uh, was just unhittable at times. Again, only four hits allowed over nine innings. No walks. Just uh, a real brilliant display from Eflin. Really just a, a – and other than that fourth inning uh, where he allowed the bases loaded, really was just um, shut down. Otherwise, the rest of the game just a, a, a stellar outing. And uh, look, I mean, you have to feel amazing about Zach Eflin as a part of this rotation moving forward. And really, in general, you have to feel good about what this rotation's been able to do. I think a lot of people felt like the starting rotation was the biggest weakness on this team. And for the second straight year through a month plus of the season, it has been one of the strengths. Granted, the offense has been much better this season, but really just, um, you know, there, there are some starters you didn't expect to count on in Eflin and Eikhoff who have both been very count-onable, if that's uh, a phrase I can I can make up. Uh, you've been able to count on these guys, and Eflin has just shown it. Again, two complete games, uh, only one a shutout, but two complete games this season, the best in baseball. He's thrown 25 innings over his last three starts. He has just been a metronome of, um, of positive uh, contribution for this team. He's just been awesome. So shout-out to, uh, to Eflin F with a uh, awesome, awesome, awesome performance on Saturday. Phillies really needed it again after the lifeless effort on Friday. They come out, handle their business on Saturday. So the rubber match comes on Sunday. And little did I know, I found out from Scott Fransky and Larry Anderson is it was Mother's Day yesterday. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, especially um, my wife, Emily Seltzer, had her our first baby and uh, her first Mother's Day. So shout out to her and also just any mothers out there, single mothers. I, I Now that I have a child and, and obviously uh, my wife and I, not a single mother, but uh, it has made me realize even more so how much single mothers are heroes as it is unbelievable how hard it is to handle a baby with two people, much less one. But um, happy Mother's Day to all out there. And uh, it was a happy Mother's Day for the Phillies. I found out going to the game that the Royals had lost twelve or 11 straight rubber matches. And in the game yesterday would be the 12th. So when they were 
Uh, tied 1-1 in a series trying to win the series. The Royals, dating back to last season, lost now 12 straight of them. Um, but the Phillies just handle them. As uh, they were down one nothing early, and uh, and then uh, in the sixth inning they put up a six spot, and that was all she wrote. Excuse me, the fifth inning they put up a six spot, and that was all they wrote. Alex Gordon singles home a run in the third, and then Phillies put up six runs in the fifth inning. Gene Segura an RBI single. Reese Hoskins walks in her own with the bases loaded. J.D. Real Muto a two RBI double, and then Odubo Herrera a two RBI single, six to one. That was it. That was the game. It was over from then. Cole Irvin, young man making his first major league start. And how about this? This is a crazy fact. Cole Irvin, of course, the second Cole to ever throw a pitch for the Philadelphia Phillies. The first, uh, this guy Cole Hamels, I think we've all heard of him. The crazy part of it, Cole Hamels made his major league debut on the exact same date, May the 12th in 2006. So, wow, that is uh, one of those wild factoids. So Cole's... Uh, yesterday was Cole Day, and uh, Cole Irvin was just awesome. And uh, look, Cole Irvin, not someone I was super excited about coming up in terms of uh, I didn't expect much from him. He's a guy who only struck out 5.8 per nine in the minor leagues, someone who uh, induces soft contact, which he certainly did yesterday. Not a guy who's going to strike a lot of guys out, but... He was masterful, just masterful yesterday. Seven innings, five Ks, which was pretty good. Uh, only one walk, five hits allowed, only allows the one earned run in the third inning. And uh, just uh, only takes him 93 pitches to go seven innings. Funny to think that the reason he's in the rotation is because Vincent Velasquez sent to the DL on Saturday with forearm tightness, or uh, who knows if it's one of those real injuries or phantom injuries, but uh, Cole Irvin gets the call up, and Cole Irvin goes seven. When was the last time we saw Velasquez go seven? Only took him 93 pitches to go seven innings. Irvin, just a really, truly masterful outing. Looked at ease out there in, in really bad weather out in KC, too. But just was handed the ball and a, a masterful showing. Really, uh, I think he's earned himself another start. Again, Cole Irvin, not one of the top prospects in the organization or anything like that. Not someone who you know I had pegged as a potential future piece for this starting rotation but look if you come up and produce you get to the opportunity to produce again is the way i look at it and you never know what's going to work and and soft contact has been something this staff and and bullpen have looked to do all season long jared eikoff has obviously done a really good job of inducing soft contact it's been one of the major reasons he has been so successful this season so um maybe Irving can have some more success by inducing weak contact but i, I certainly did not expect him to come up and twirl the absolute gem that he did yesterday in Kansas City. Again, just a a brilliant showing from Irvin. Six to one victory. The Phillies again put up all six in the fifth inning. And then Cole Irvin just did the rest. The pen comes in, shuts it down from there. Just a uh, a big win. Look, uh, the Royals are not a good baseball team. They are now 14-27 and 27 on the season. So you need to win that series. And after you spot them the first game with a lifeless performance, it was nice to see the Phillies not continue that lifelessness through the rest of the series and to handle their businesses. They have a tough week of baseball coming up, starting with the Brewers coming to town today, which we'll talk about coming up. And again, they have two more straight weeks of baseball, 14 more days with a game. So no breaks in there. Some tough teams coming up, all with records above 500 or around 500. There are a bunch of good baseball teams coming up. So it's going to be um, a, a real a real test for this team. And 
you need to take the ones you can against the teams that you are certainly better than. The Phillies certainly better than the Royals. And after spotting them the first game, it was really nice to see them come back and take the next two. And uh, again, really nice to see Cole Irvin come out and just twirl the gem. Again, really unexpected, but um, just a, a dominant outing from Irvin. And, and hopefully more opportunities there. I, I would be lying to you if I said I wasn't. Uh, certainly okay not seeing Velasquez start, as I said I, I, in our uh, before the weekend uh, on Friday show, that for me it was Velasquez's last chance to keep his spot in the rotation. Obviously he didn't get to make that chance with the injury, but um, I'm happy to see uh, Cole Irvin come up and take the opportunity and run with it. Again, seven innings, one run, 93 pitches. That is not something you see very often from Vincent Velasquez, I'll tell you that. So uh, really nice to see Irvin come up, get the job done again. Now the Phillies sitting at set at 23 and 16 on the season, handily in first place in the NL East and a plus 39 run differential. They're playing good baseball right now, and they're going to need it because it gets harder from here. Tough, tough, tough stretch of baseball coming up for this Phillies team. We'll dive into that coming up. Plus some interesting nuggets from over the weekend. One about a current Philly and one about a potential future Philly maybe that's coming up we'll talk about who it is why they could maybe be a future Philly and again look ahead to this upcoming week of baseball which is a big one for the Phillies they play some really good competition in the National League so uh, it's a big week a big measuring stick type week for the Phillies they took advantage of uh, of the first measuring stick series of the season in my mind going to St. Louis and winning two or three so the Brewers coming to town I would say certainly constitutes Another measuring six series as well. So we'll dive into that as well coming up and a whole lot more. It's Phillies today. It's James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back. Phillies today, James Seltzer. It is Monday, May the 13th as we head into a week of seven straight baseball games for this Phillies team, starting with the Milwaukee Brewers coming to town. The Brewers, a very good baseball team last year, came within an eyelash of the World Series last year. And um, I've been playing really good baseball so far this year. Really well put together. Talented offensive team, especially four in town uh, starting tonight. And then the Rockies in town for three. So we'll dive into that coming up. But first, a couple notes. First, about a Philly. Uh, it does look like Scott Kingery potentially likely starting a rehab assignment today. So that is great news. Obviously, it would be great to get Kingery back. Help with that depth along the lineup and and bench depth as well as Kingery, of course, before getting hurt, was playing just stellar baseball and uh, hopefully can come back and pick up right where he left off. Obviously, Cesar has been pretty darn good since Kingery's been injured. Obviously, there was a stretch there with the uh, defensive gaffes and all that, but seems to have shored that up and has been great with the bat. So we'll see what that means in terms of how often Kingery will get to play and all that, but It'll be really good for this team to get Scott Kingery back. He does a lot for this team. He is a much better bench bat option than anyone they have right now, including Nick Williams. So um, it'll be nice to see Kingery back in action, hopefully sooner rather than later. Now, the other thing that I mentioned before the break, before we dive into looking ahead to this upcoming week, was uh, a potential future Philly. And what does that mean? Well, over the weekend, Ken Rosenthal tweeted out that Madison Baumgartner's eight-team no-trade list has been made. He has put together an eight-team no-trade list. And on that no-trade list, the Braves, the Red Sox, the Cubs, the Astros, the Brewers, the Yankees, the Phillies, and the St. Louis Cardinals. 
And according to Ken Rosenthal, Bumgarner chose those teams strategically. Lists compromise of solely contenders that might want to acquire him from the Giants, not teams he wants to avoid. So the point being that Madison Bumgarner put those teams on his no-trade list because he wants to have the final say about where he's going. And good for him. Uh, you know, you've been with the team long enough where you can get that kind of power, exert that kind of power. You should. And look, that's good for the Phillies. I think that that I don't see any reason Madison Bumgarner wouldn't want to come play for the Phillies if they are contending. You know, they're a good team. There's a lot of good players here. And if they are contending, I think that Bumgarner would okay a trade here. I think that the fact that he put those teams on the no trade clause alone means that if you're one of those eight teams, it means that, um, you know, I think that you have a good shot of landing him. Even though you're on the no trade clause, that means that those are the teams that he's thinking about, that he's saying, these guys might want to acquire me. So I want to have some leverage in this discussion here, in this situation. So, um, man. Man, Madison Baumgartner, that would be the exact type of addition this team needs to really take that next step as, you know, look, you feel good about Aaron Nolan where he's been lately in the progress we've seen. You feel good about Arietta on the whole. Obviously, the weekend, uh, Friday starting out great, but he's been very solid. And then, obviously, Zach Eflin is a stud right now. And, and look, uh, we've, we're going to see regression from Eflin. He's not going to be a Cy Young candidate but Eflin's a good pitcher, and I think he's going to keep it up. And then Eikhoff as well. Uh, again, also not someone who's probably going to be a Cy Young candidate. He's probably not going to keep up exactly what he's doing. But you feel really good about Eikhoff. If they can add a guy like Baumgartner to this rotation and have the ability to put Velasquez or Pavetta or whoever in the pen and even strengthen that, or maybe even if you're trading with the Giants, have them include Will Smith, their lefty closer, who's an outstanding reliever as well, and would make a great addition to this bullpen. But... Regardless, I think this Phillies team, Madison Bumgarner, I said it in the offseason, and I've never changed the opinion that he is the perfect guy for this team to go get. He's a free agent at the end of this year, so you have the opportunity to bring him in, and if you want to keep him, you can and show him how great it is here. But regardless, if you don't, you don't have to pay quite as much as if he were in terms of cost to trade for him. And then you're getting a guy who looks pretty good so far this season. A lot of people have thought, is he over the hill or, or not? It doesn't look like he is. But regardless, it's also someone who has had the biggest of games and the biggest of moments. We're talking about a World Series MVP here. A guy who put on one of the great pitching displays I've ever seen in my lifetime of watching baseball when he came in and threw five and two-thirds shutout against the Royals to close out the World Series after having pitched a gem just two games prior. Madison Bumgarner is a warrior, and he's an incredibly talented warrior who has shown that the moment is not too big for him. Not even close. Madison Bumgarner is too big for the moment. You have a chance to go out and get that guy, add him to a potential playoff run type of rotation. Man, that seems like about as big a no-brainer as I could possibly think of. Now, having said that, look at the list that was made. There is a lot of competition there. The Braves, the Cardinals, the Yankees, like teams that are on that list that are talented teams, they can also have things to offer. But I think if you're the Phillies and you have the opportunity to be in these sweepstakes, you have to do everything it takes to go get a guy like Bumgarner because he is such an absolute perfect fit. And I know, look, we talked earlier about how this starting rotation has been far from this team's biggest worry. They've actually done a really nice job, especially over the last few weeks. But Bumgarner's a guy who takes you from great to, to really great or from good to great or whatever. And again, he would step in here and be a guy who has won a World Series MVP, who has pitched in the biggest of games and can convey that. I know Arietta's won a World Series too, but... 
wouldn't you rather have two guys who won a World Series in your rotation for the playoffs, including one who's been an MVP and had one of the all-time, all-time, all-time great performances in the history of the sport in the World Series? Yes. The answer is yes. Everyone listening to this is saying yes. They're not in their head saying yes. Give me Madison Bumgarner. I want that guy. It's how we all feel, and I hope the Phillies feel the same way. Regardless, for now, nice to know that Bumgarner is considering the Phillies with these other teams and that we are a, a team that is on his list, as it were. The list. We made the list. So um, it's pretty exciting. And uh, hopefully the Phillies can capitalize on that uh, when the time comes. All right. Let's look at a big week of baseball coming up as the Phillies and the Brewers will play four before hosting Colorado for three. They will then head on the road for four in Chicago, three in Milwaukee, uh, again, before coming home for three in St. Louis, then heading out for three in L.A. and three in San Diego. Man, this is such a tough stretch of baseball the Phillies have coming up. It is no joke. It is no joke, the stretch of baseball the Phillies have coming up. It is certainly some measuring stick action coming up as, uh, again, this is going to be a really, really interesting uh, couple weeks here for this Phillies team. And it starts out with a four-game homestand against a really good Brewers team, Brewers team that's right there at the uh, at the top of the NL Central, a talented group of uh, of, uh, of players. Obviously, Christian Yelich having a MVP-type season already after, oh, I don't know, what did he do last year? Won the MVP. So uh, that's going to be a really interesting one as um, they are a really talented group. Mike Moustakis playing second base for them, really talented uh, obviously, they have Travis Shaw. They've just got a lot of talent playing Sunday night baseball last night. So uh, maybe a little bit more tired coming in here as they were in Chicago. So um, we'll see how that plays out. But regardless, um, nice to see. Uh, it's just going to be a fun one. Uh, a big time measuring stick series for this Phillies team is there's a ton of talent on this Brewers squad. Again, Christian Yelich, the best player in baseball right now, potentially other than, than Mike Trout. And, uh, Luckily, we'll get to see Aaron Nola try and take the hill against him, as that should be fun, as Nola will get the call. The Brewers have not announced their starter yet for tonight. Nola tonight, then Eikhoff against Brandon Woodruff tomorrow. Then on Wednesday, Arietta against Gio Gonzalez. Uh, has pitched pretty well since the Brewers brought him back. And then Zach Evelyn against Zach Davies. A battle of the Zachs on Thursday. as uh, the um, Should be a good one, as... The Brewers, that's their weakness. When you look at the Brewers, they are incredibly talented offensively. They have a very good bullpen with Josh Hader at the back end, who's one of the best relievers in the sport. But starting rotations, not great. It's very beatable. It is a really average starting rotation. So that's an opportunity for the Phils to take advantage of and hopefully get something done. Nice to see Nola on the other night. This is a big one for Nola. At home against a great, great lineup. It's a big one. This is where you want to see the Nola we saw his last outing start to, starting to see glimpses of the guy with the devastating curve and the changeup that is effective and, and all that. We're starting to see that guy, and this is a big spot for him against a Brewers team that is really good. So uh, two-star week for Nola, too, is he'll pitch Saturday against the Rockies. So uh, And the Rockies are a good baseball team, playing better baseball, and uh, they were struggling to start the season. They're back in it as well, so... It's a big series, big week of baseball as uh, then they'll have to go to Chicago and then to Milwaukee. So their next 14 straight days, they will be playing 14 games against really good baseball teams, two of which uh, are at the top of the NL Central right now in the Brewers and the Cubs. So 
This is a big one. Big series, big week, big action for this Phillies team. Hopefully they can get it done. As uh, Look, two of three, two of three. And against the Brewers, I guess, three of four. Even two of four, I'll be okay with the Brewers. We're really good. But at home, let's take three of four. And then you can take two of four in Chicago next week. How's that sound? Uh, regardless, either way, we'll be back to dive into all of it tomorrow. As again, a, a big series at home, seven-game homestand before back on the road for the Phillies. So it'd be nice after the six games in the Midwest to come home and get a chance to try and take out some teams at home. It starts tonight with Milwaukee, then the Rockies later in the week. We will be here to talk about all of it. So until then, thank you for listening to Phillies today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.